Hello and welcome to the ESMA Open Podcast. Today we thank Professor Boost, who will highlight with us the recently a Nature Medicine published paper facilitating a culture of responsible and effective sharing of cancer genome data. Thank you so much for giving us this highlight. My first question would be, why do you think is sharing cancer genome data essential in modern oncology? Um, it is very important to share cancer genome data because every day oncologists are using DNA information to identify patients that may respond to a particular treatment. And since we're more and more using large-scale genetic analysis, uh, it's also very important that we understand that we're now not treating breast cancer uh, as a kind of a general disease, but we're getting more and more very small groups of patients uh, that can or cannot respond on a certain treatment. So having these very small groups of patients, it's going to be extremely important to make sure that we bring together the data um, in, a, in a fashion that we can understand them, that we can learn from each other, and uh, most importantly, we can help our patients to find the right treatment. Mm -hmm. And what are the problems, do you think, um, concerning the structured um, sharing of cancer genome data? Well, there are actually a, a lot of problems uh, involved. And um, if we think about just uh, identifying a single mutation in a gene, for instance, the BRAF gene, uh, then I would say that this is pretty much standard of care and that every lab um, in a, a hospital can identify a mutation in a BRAF, for instance. Uh, the problem, however, is that since we're generating more and more information from the human genome um, that we are screening many, many genes now and identifying many other uh, mutations in the tumor genome and also compare it with the uh, germline um, DNA information, that um, having these enormous amounts of DNA data, it is uh, also very important how we interpret uh, that data. Um, and I mean that if you use bioinformatic tools to identify aberrations in the genome, that by itself is an important um, confounder in interpreting your results. Um, having said that, it means that we need to identify common bioinformatic pipelines so that wherever you are in the world as a patient, you'll get the same outcome based on the same data analysis. And what you see is that, given the complexity of the data, that there are various systems and tools and, and algorithms in place to identify patients. So that is something that we need to resolve. Um, but there are more issues. That This is a technological issue. There are more issues in the sense that also um, legal issues. Can we transfer, for instance, information of patients across borders? Uh, can we store information in a cloud? And if so, who is responsible for the cloud? Who is legally responsible for the cloud? So if anything goes wrong, which country's law applies to kind of resolve those issues? That is going to be important. There are issues that we need to discuss on obtaining informed consent, because since we're asking patients to participate in studies in identifying DNA aberrations or RNA aberrations, then also they need to understand what they sign their informed consent for. Um, it's increasingly 
um, now clear that we need to include germline DNA to be able to come to a correct understanding of the mistakes that are in the individual's tumor's DNA. But testing germline DNA may also reveal a number of genetic um, alterations that are hereditary that may have impact not only on the individual patient at hand, but also on his family. Um, and then there is a difference in some things that you can treat or some things you cannot treat. Um, are patients willing to know what else they have or may transfer to the next generation? So there are a lot of ethical issues um, involved there as well. Uh, so it's education of the patients, education of the doctors, but also making sure that if they sign an informed consent that they know what they're signing it for. So these are just a, a few number of these, uh, these issues that, that are there. Um, and then we haven't even started discussing the issues about the electronic health records. Every hospital has their own system. Every hospital has their own way of trying to extract information from these electronic health care records. And uh, also, I, I would say that this is an important issue to bring together this data. So it is uh, at multiple levels that we need to really think hard how we can maximize the information that is available, how bring that information together, and then um, try to distill the, the best possible opportunities for our patients. And that is a lot of work, but if we don't start now, uh, I'm, I'm quite sure that we'll, be able, uh, we'll not be able to fulfill all the promises of personalized medicine. Um, very interesting. So there is the Global Alliance for Genomics and Health mentioned in the recently published paper. Could you maybe line out the goals of this alliance? Yeah, the Global Alliance for uh, Genomic Health is a, a not-for-profit worldwide alliance involving about 38 countries. And they have a focus on rare diseases and cancer. And as the title says, it, it, it also involves heavily the genomic information that we generate. Um, the Genomic Alliance for Genomic Health uh, also has an emerging interest in infectious diseases. And what this organization has identified very early on is that if we not bring together the people who are working with genome analysis and, and uh, understand the problems that I just outlined and then start working on a common uh, platform where we can bring that data together, then uh, if we don't do that now, again, we'll lose many opportunities. So um, the Genomic Alliance has now organized itself in working groups, uh, working group for data, working group for regulatory and ethic issues, for security and privacy issues, and a clinical working group. And it also develops initiatives, policies, and recommendations, and, and uh, application program interfaces that all promotes and harmonizes uh, responsible and effective data sharing. Um, so it, it produces recommendations based on uh, involvement of all the members, and there are 380 international stakeholders involved there. Um, and um, uh, on the basis of regular meetings, and I think we have now three meetings um, uh, that, that the Genomic Alliance has done, uh, we bring together all that information and try to come up with the best possible recommendations. And actually, the Nature Medicine perspective was based on, um, on, on those meetings uh, and input of, of all the stakeholders as well. Coming to my last question, what do you think, how will cancer genome data impact clinical practice in oncology in the future? 
Uh, that is the uh, most important question. Uh, I'm, I'm truly convinced that having the tool that we now can analyze DNA um, will bring us not only uh, a lot of new information on how to tackle cancer, but it will also be able to identify in a, in a much more uh, precise manner which patients will respond to treatment and which won't respond to treatment. Uh, and to be honest, uh, DNA will be an important part, but not the only part of our clinical decision-making. Uh, I'm also very much convinced that the context of the tumor uh, also has an important is an important determinant of outcome. So that means that in addition to DNA, and RNA will will have that information uh, that is necessary to to make good decisions, and then obviously in a later phase we'll add uh, imaging to that and, and multiple other components. But I think if there's one consensus worldwide, is that if you have good DNA, if you have no mistakes in your DNA, you don't get cancer. So the DNA is the basis of all the things that are happening, and I think the the, the evolution that we're going through now is is extremely exciting and has, has already delivered multiple uh, good things for patients. Um, think about the treatment of lung cancer, but also um, even identifying patients for immunotherapy. So it will impact clinical practice hugely. Um, and whether that will be through obtaining a biopsy of the tumor and understanding then the DNA and RNA context or whether that will go through liquid biopsies and isolating DNA from um, platelets or uh, the circulation, uh, that is something for the future. But I'm convinced that um, information from DNA and RNA will have a tremendous impact, not only in cancer, because I think we're in the forefront of this diagnostics in cancer, but also many other diseases. Thank you so much. Um, to our listeners, you find more information um, on this highlight in the recent um, issue of Nature Medicine in the paper Facilitating a Culture of Responsible and Effective Sharing of Cancer Genome Data. Goodbye. <music>